Ben Gregoire, joined alongside the one and only Sam Davis. Sam, you know, the season's winding down. COVID, it was in the back mirror a little bit, but now it's at the forefront again with Ohio State canceling versus Illinois last week. Yeah, I mean, we've got so much to get into, but at the top of it is definitely Ohio State. It's it's a concerning situation over there. If I'm I'm certainly a little concerned with getting these last two games. And then we're going to react to the rankings. We two of the college football rankings came out, but back to Ohio State. Um, so two weeks ago, their game versus Maryland got canceled. Maryland had a little outbreak. You know, it's unfortunate we couldn't see them play, but they were still on track to get to the six games, get into the Big Ten championship game, you know, no real issues there. But last week on Friday, uh, Ryan Day, along with others, you know, there is an outbreak there, and he announced they had to cancel the game versus Illinois. And now it gets really tricky with Ohio State. You know, they're 4-0 right now. They need to get to six to qualify for the Big Ten championship game, but they only have two left, Michigan State and Michigan. So there's really no room for error here with Ohio State. They need to get these two games in order to have any shot at playing in the Big Ten championship game, which frankly, you know, it's their conference right now. It'd be really, really unfortunate to see them not in this game. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like you said, it's a huge problem. And it's a huge problem for a bunch of reasons. I mean, COVID is very unpredictable and it's very hard to manage, obviously. I mean, Ohio State has its own troubles. And I think that team, I mean, they have to stay healthy on their own, right? But also, I mean, they can't control what Michigan and Michigan State do is the two teams they have left remaining on the schedule here. And they have to stay healthy, too. And, and we saw that Michigan shut down their facilities. I mean, that's really scary if you're an Ohio State fan because Michigan obviously has basically no chance beating Ohio State on the field, uh, essentially no chance. But off the field, if, 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 they, yeah. uh, if they have to shut down their facilities, they can't play, this would really hurt Ohio State's chances uh, of uh, – of making the playoff because they're going to have to get these two games. in, I think at least, and it is, like you said, Ryan, it's kind of a shame because Ohio state is the leader of this conference. They deserve a shot to go to the big 10 championship. And I think they deserve a shot at the playoffs. And I just hope that somehow not only they can stay healthy, but Michigan state and Michigan can also stay healthy so that they have the best chance to get there. Yeah. I mean, you can't tell the story of the big 10 this year without Ohio state. Um, and most years you can't. And I was texting about this yesterday, you know, partly joking about how, this is Michigan's first chance on their Harbaugh to really ruin their season. And it's not by actually beating them. It's by getting COVID, which sounds awful to say and crazy to say, but you know, it's 2020 and that would be such a, it would be on par for what's happened. And it's, it's out of their control at this point, which is really a shame. And not only, as you mentioned, you mentioned the playoffs, not only would this affect, you know, playing the big 10 championship game, but this could have major implications on them actually making the college football playoff. You know, we know already they don't value a 4-0 schedule to a one-loss Clemson team with having them four in the college football rankings, Clemson three. But if they're only able to get five games in and not be a conference champion, I could totally see the committee going somewhere else. They are not a lock to make it if they can't play these games. And it's really unfortunate because if they got the head start that the SEC and the ACC did, then this wouldn't be as much of an issue because they'd have more weeks more leeway, more rescheduling, but they started late. You know, it's the cards they were dealt and um, it could really come back to bite them if, you know, something pops up at one of these two Michigan schools. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, it's just a crazy season and that's just something that happens in a crazy season. And I was watching, I mean, I'm sure you were too, Ryan, the, the, the rankings last night, which we'll obviously get into later, but 
they brought up a very interesting scenario that I just want to you know talk about here that I didn't even think about before. And it, if Ohio State, let's say the for example that Michigan game gets canceled because Michigan shuts down their facilities or whatever happens, um, they could play a rescheduled game against a team like Wisconsin, you know, who's a very good team in the conference still either that same week as Michigan or even potentially instead of the big 10 championship, you know, obviously they would have to get approval by the, uh, by the conference, because who knows if that would even be a potential scenario that's possible. But I think this year, maybe an exception could be made for the, the probably best team in the conference. But this is really interesting because if they do play in place of that Michigan game, and they play a team like Wisconsin, if they beat them, they'll have enough games to qualify for the Big Ten Championship. They could still go on and play in that and will probably, as long as they win both those games, would be be pretty much a lock for the playoff. I think we can agree on that. But let's say they play instead of the Big Ten Championship game, for example, they play a team like Wisconsin. Sure, they're not playing in the championship game, but they're arguably playing just as good of the team as they would have played if they played in the Big Ten Championship. Let's say they play like Northwestern or someone in that game. I mean, Wisconsin did lose to Northwestern, but arguably they're about similar in terms of how good they are. I mean, you can make that argument one way or the other. But that just is such a weird scenario. I mean, it's a crazy year, obviously. And I'm not sure if that's even possible, but that does make me a little bit more optimistic for Ohio State's chances because if they can get one of those games in against like Wisconsin as a makeup game, um, which they would obviously need the uh, need the the time to do if uh, if that Michigan game gets canceled or if it's the Big Ten championship instead of that, I do like their chances a little bit better because they'll have a little bit more full schedule. They'll have another team that'll strength uh, strengthen their resume there and maybe give them a little bit more of an edge. But I agree with you. If they get one of these games canceled, it's going to be a lot tougher of a road for Ohio State to get to the playoff. I mean, the committee has a very difficult decision on their hands if that if that comes into play. Yeah. Um, another reason I had optimism is Ohio State's AD did say in a Zoom call that the team could have played Saturday. You know, they wanted to cancel out of caution and it was the right thing to do. But he said he felt they could have played given, you know, the severity of the outbreak. So that makes this game versus Michigan State. It's on track as of now, Saturday at noon, I believe the time is. And to go on what, what you were saying, if they do end up playing Wisconsin on December 19th, which is the date of the Big Ten championship game, I mean, who's going to be watching the Big Ten championship game? That's the real game right there. You know, it's going to be Indiana versus Northwestern. Indiana's starting quarterback is out for the year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wisconsin is very similar to Northwestern. You know, I know they lost them a few weeks ago, but Ohio State, if they're playing the same day of the Big Ten championship game, that's the Big Ten championship game. I don't care if it is it officially, you know, whatever you want to say, but that would just be such a weird scenario to see a Big Ten championship game being played while Ohio State's playing the same day, not in that game. You know, it's so crazy. We have to keep adapting, though. That's the end of the day because the situation, I don't think there's no right answer right now. We need to keep finding solutions to this problem. And, um, you know, we have to make sure they play their games. And they have to dominate these games, too, because, you know, the committee is really big on the eye test. And Mm -hmm. last time we saw them play, the eye test wasn't that great. We saw Mike Penix go for 500 yards and nearly beat this team for Indiana. So they're going to need to dominate both Michigan programs if they're even going to get a chance to play them because they need to make their case with what they have left on the schedule. And if they don't, if they don't dominate, you know, if they get one more game and if they barely edge out Michigan State, I don't know. It's not going to be in their hands. It's going to be in the committee's hands. 
which is not what you want if you're Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, with a short schedule, like you said, I mean, I think the eye test is even bigger because you play yeah. a limited amount of games. I mean, Ohio State has had not a great schedule in terms of the teams they played. I mean, they, they played Indiana and they did win and that was a good win, but even that was a close game and that was the best team they've played all year. Every other team they've played has been under 500. And I think even a couple of those teams just have one win. So it's not a, it's not a great strength of schedule. They're going to have to look good for the committee if they want any chance at this. And my last point is, is that I think the, conference uh, why I have a little bit of optimism and a little bit of maybe good news for these Ohio State fans is I think the Big Ten Conference wants to do whatever they can to get Ohio State into the playoff I mean it just it just is better for the conference as a whole it's obviously better for them and I think with this whole rescheduling of a game here or there I think the Big Ten I hope at least will be at least flexible to allow Ohio State to play these games and do whatever they need to do honestly to get into the playoffs so maybe that's a little bit of a hope for this Buckeyes uh, fan base here, but still it's, it's a scary scenario and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it benefits the big 10 if they get Ohio state in there because they are the only real threat to dethrone anyone else. So uh, moving along to another big 10 game, you know, probably the biggest upset of the week. We saw Northwestern who was number eight in the rankings before this game. They were having a great season undefeated under Pat Fitzgerald. They got upset by a Michigan state team who, Besides one win on Michigan has basically been blown out every other game. You know, Mel Tucker, he's rebuilding there. And this was a really unfortunate loss for Northwestern. They did, we were talking about this before the show, they controlled their own destiny. If they won the three games left on the schedule, they'd have a date with Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. And, you know, anything can happen there. If they were able to pull off an upset, they'd be in the playoff. But losing to this Michigan State team the way they did, was very ugly. You know, their defense obviously has been their strong suit. And when you go down 17, nothing right out of the gate, it's hard to come back when your offense isn't as dynamic as maybe it should be. Yeah. I mean, you said it, Ryan, ugly is a good word to describe it. I mean, like you said, Michigan state jumping out 17 points early. I I thought, you know, um, early in the fourth quarter, Northwestern did come back. I mean, they did take the lead. and, And I thought, you know, it was the typical narrative of a team kind of sleeping into a game, you know, underestimating Michigan state, you know, they're not having a good year. We're undefeated. We're ranked highly, you know, kind of, you know, sleeping into the game and then waking up and realizing, wow, we need to win this and coming back and doing so. And I thought when they went ahead and then got a turnover immediately after going up 20 to 17, I'm like, okay, here we go. You know, Northwestern's going to gain control and they're going to win this game. And then immediately they turn the ball over themselves. And it just, that's a, that's a sign of the game. I mean, they had terrible turnovers, a couple, two really costly ones in the fourth quarter and it hurt them a ton. And I'm just disappointed to be honest, because like you said, Northwestern controlled their own destiny. And I was excited for a big 10 championship game, potentially between Northwestern and Ohio state, you know, no matter how much, you know, Northwestern, who knows if they would have um, been able to beat Ohio state, probably unlikely, but Northwestern also would have had it because if they were to find a way to beat Ohio state, they'd probably be in the playoff. Like you just said, I mean, an undefeated season, big 10 champions, you got to put them in. So I just was like disappointed in the way they played because I thought they were a better team than that. And and I would have loved to see a game with, with uh, playoff implications on both sides for the big 10 championship instead of now, you know, if Ohio state gets there, if like we just talked about, if they get there, it'll just be implications for them and not for the other team. So. Yeah, it should be noted, too, that despite this loss, Northwestern still is on track to play in the Big Ten championship game. You know, it's still a great season overall, 
But after the way they beat Wisconsin, it was a very ugly game. We had high hopes for Northwestern. You know, the committee did too. They were ranked number eight ahead of some really good teams. And this was a classic letdown game, going down huge early. And then, as you said, they figured it out. They scored 20 unanswered. And when they got that turnover uh, late in the fourth quarter, up three, you know, you thought you thought they were just going to put it away here. But they turned it over right back, and they gave they let Michigan State hang in there. And credit to them because they were able to move the ball enough to kick some field goals to end up winning this game. So disappointing overall for Northwestern. You know, it's still been a great season overall. They'll get their shot at Ohio State. Maybe they're shot at Indiana. And, you know, if it is against Indiana, they, they'll probably win that game the way Indiana's trending, losing their quarterback. So, you know, there is still hope for Northwestern. But, yeah, it was really disappointing to lose this game. Um, another upset of the week came with Oregon State just throwing Oregon. And the main thing I want to talk about with this, Sam, is just the Pac-12 overall. It's just not their year. It's really disappointing to see. They started really late, and, you know, Oregon had an outside shot to begin with at getting in, but obviously losing this game to Oregon State it knocks off any chance they had at making some real noise. Yeah, I mean, Oregon, it's it's uh, the Pac-12 definitely, like you said, it's obviously a down year. That, that goes kind of without saying here. But I, I think Oregon would have definitely needed to be undefeated and probably would have also needed some help in order to even be considered for the, uh, the college football playoff. We talk about Ohio State maybe being out of it. We're going to get into that later with teams like Iowa State in the hunt now with two losses. If Oregon did find a way to get undefeated and win win the Pac-12 championship, maybe they would be one of those teams on, you know, maybe having a case. I don't think it would have been even enough, though, because like you said, just the Pac-12 is just not a solid conference this year. And the fact that we're playing conference only schedules because of COVID, I mean, it it hurts teams in the Pac-12 even more. It hurts Oregon even more. They don't have a chance to play any teams outside the conference to kind of boost their resume for the committee. Instead, they have to play a Pac-12 season against teams that are very subpar. And I mean, we're talking about this, but they did just lose to one of those teams in the conference too. So, you know, who knows how good Oregon actually is. I mean, it was uh, a close game with Oregon state. It was a battle, but you can't lose a game like that. If you want to have any chance, um, especially this year in the pac 12. And it's just kind of a shame, you know, it's uh, it's definitely a down year for them. I'm sure eventually that conference will be back. I, I, uh, I suspect it will be because um, we've seen Oregon in the playoff before and, and, I'm sure down the road we'll see him in the playoff again, but just this year, it's just kind of a disappointing way to go out early on to Oregon State here. Yeah, um, you know, we'll talk about the ranks in a second, but Oregon had the highest fall. They went from 15 to 23. They fell eight spots. And yeah, overall, just looking at the Pac-12, you know, it was going to be tough anyway for anyone to get in, not even just about the schedule, but about the talent. They're clearly in a weaker year. There was no, I mean, Oregon was, I guess, the front runner and they might still be, but this wasn't any dumb. There wasn't any dominant team that early into the season, we thought, yeah, this team will for sure get in. So overall, you know, a disappointing year from the Pac-12, just on the amount of games we're going to see them and upsets like this do not help at all. But uh, moving along to another game, we saw Notre Dame, you know, they handled UNC. I was worried about this coming in, Sam, because, Uh, This could have been a letdown game. You know, they just got ranked number two in the playoff. And early in this game, it looked like it was anyone's game. You know, it looked like we are due for a shootout, 14-14, right out the gate. But Notre Dame, you have to give them credit because their defense figured Sam Howell out and shut out UNC in the second half. 
Yeah, I mean, coming from a Notre Dame fan here oh. speaking in, uh, you know, I was certainly nervous going into this game because exactly what you said. I mean, we come off a huge win against Clemson a couple of weeks ago. All we have to do is not lose. You know, all we have to do is win out and get another chance at Clemson in the championship game. But that's a lot to ask because this North Carolina team is good. And I, I think they're certainly not as good, uh, a lot better than people think they are. I mean, their offense is very explosive. And after that, 14-14 start, I'm thinking there's no way this Notre Dame defense is going to be able to, to handle this offense for North Carolina, uh, especially the receivers. They were just explosive out in space, but they did do a great job. I'm going to give them a lot of credit. I mean, they, they certainly um, stepped up big time and allowed the offense to do what it had to do. You know, they, the offense struggled a little bit, I would say, in this game because North Carolina's defense certainly is not very good, um, ranked very, very poorly this season, but I do uh, like the way Notre Dame played overall, and I'm just excited for uh, for the chance at an ACC championship against Clemson. I mean, th th another sign of a unique season. I know I've said this a couple of times, but Notre Dame in a conference championship, who knows when we're going to see that again. Yeah. So it's certainly interesting, and, and that's going to be uh, probably the game of the year, I would say, potentially. We'll see, because Trevor Lawrence back for Clemson, you know, obviously if Clemson loses, they're going to be out of the conversation, and Notre Dame – I think for Notre Dame's standpoint, they can afford a loss, I think. I, I think with one loss to a number one Clemson team with Trevor Lawrence, if it's close, I think they'll still get in the playoff for sure. If they, if they, get, they find a way to get blown out and lose very badly, I think it's going to be tricky. I think they might still get in, but the committee's definitely going to second-guess ranking Notre Dame and putting them in the conversation because – they, went, they beat Clemson, obviously, without Trevor Lawrence. If they come and get blown out when facing Trevor Lawrence, I mean, it's, it's a tricky situation. Notre Dame definitely wants to avoid that. I think they can lose, but they're going to have to at least keep it close and competitive. As long as they do that, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't be in the playoff, especially with Ohio State this year um, with all their troubles and who knows who's going to be that four spot anyway. So I think Notre Dame is in a pretty good spot here. They just have to play well against Clemson down the stretch at the end of the year, and, and they should find themselves in the playoff. Yeah, for sure. Notre Dame has breathing room. And mm -hmm. if they lost this game to UNC, that would not be the case. Mm -hmm. They'd have to beat Clemson to get to the dance. But winning this game versus UNC is huge. And just to give Notre Dame even more credit, the committee values them as a good team so much that they moved North Carolina up in the rankings after mm -hmm. losing to Notre Dame. So this is a really good Notre Dame team. Really quickly, um, Ian Book, I think he doesn't get enough credit, Sam, because a lot of people see him as a game manager. You know, he's nothing special. This season, he's doing everything he can to win a national championship for Notre Dame. He's doing everything he needs to do. And, you know, you're the, you're the Notre Dame fan here. So what do you think on Ian Book's kind of rise this year to become one of the best quarterbacks in college football? I mean, I think the game manager label was was maybe fitting for him last season. And I think he's changed a lot and he's grown a lot and he started to make some huge plays. I mean, this game against North Carolina was a good example. He yeah. he faced a ton of pressure and, and the offensive line. I don't think they had a great game. He was getting uh, lots of pressure thrown at him. He was having to get out of the pocket and make some plays. And it seemed like every time he was doing it. I mean, he had a couple crazy passes that almost gave me a heart attack when he's flipping <laughs> you know, backhand flips to, to guys open in the field. I mean, it worked, but uh, I don't think I would trust anyone to do that other than Ian Book. I think, I think he's uh, not only does he have that game management experience, he's a smart quarterback. He makes smart plays, but all of a sudden now he's starting to make some, some big time plays and, and uh, scramble and make some big throws. And 
it's just exciting to watch. I mean, it, to watch this guy kind of grow into his own here and really lead this offense, you need that. And if he's going to have if the, Notre Dame is going to have any chance against Clemson again with Trevor Lawrence or in the playoff, Ian Book is going to have to play like he did against North Carolina. I totally expect him to. I think he's he's grown a lot, and uh, he's 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 a fun guy to watch as a, as a fan. Yeah, this Notre Dame team really is something special. Um, I don't know if I expected that coming into the year they would be this good. But, you know, they're not done, though. They have a lot more to prove later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more game we sh- I think we should just touch on before we go into the playoff. And this kind of is a big factor into the playoff. And what we're going to talk about is Iowa State. They beat Texas 23-20. Texas misses a, a field goal at the buzzer here. Um, but this was a really nice win for Iowa State. They went down 10 nothing. literally like just snap of the fingers. They're down 10 nothing. Whoa. They were able to contain Sam Mellinger on defense, figure it out, muster enough offense to go down the field at the end of the game to take the lead and score and to stop Texas. And at the end of the day, the committee valued this and they moved Iowa State up into the top 10. Yeah, Iowa State moving up a lot of places. I think the uh, the guys in the show there were a little bit surprised with that. Um, but it shows the committee is definitely valuing Iowa State and valued that win over Texas. I think they kind of just barely held on in that game. It was like you said, last second kick there. I think the kicker for Texas, he, I think he had the distance. It was just a little bit to the left there, and that was a scary moment there for Iowa State fans. But I, I think um, you, you make an interesting point here, and we're going we're gonna to jump right into it here about the, uh, the chances of Iowa State. I know they have two losses here, but then moving up, Oklahoma also moved up. They're, they're at number 11. Well, Iowa State already beat Oklahoma, and they're going to have another chance at them in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, that's basically a top 10 team that they'll have to beat twice, according to the committee. And, and Iowa State moving up as well puts them highly in the eyes of the committee. If, if something happens with Ohio State, like we talked about it, if they can't, they can't find a way to reschedule a game or, or something gets canceled, they can't play in the Big Ten championship game, Iowa State all of a sudden, it's, it might be a slim chance, a slight run at the playoff, but I think it's there, which is crazy because um, looking at the Big 12, I mean, we started the year thinking, okay, you know, maybe Oklahoma State will, uh, will uh, go undefeated, win the Big 12 championship game, and then maybe find themselves as a number four spot in the playoff. That was initially what we thought, or whoever would go undefeated. Yeah. All of a sudden, Iowa State's losing two games. Oklahoma's also lost two games. And these teams are ranked very highly and actually have a shot at it with the way the season is just going and how unusual it is. So it's just, uh, it's very interesting. I'm not going to throw you under the bus here, Ryan, because I was with you in that Oklahoma state pick. I mean, I thought, I thought they were the real deal. Apparently they weren't, but uh, just a crazy scenario in the big 12. And and it's uh, it'll make for a very interesting big 12 championship game. At least we can say that no matter what the chances of any of them making it are. Yeah, as you were saying, I'll hold myself accountable. I was really high on Oklahoma State to make some noise to win out. They did not do so. They lost the week after I said that to a Texas team. They did beat Iowa State, though. It should be noted. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, going back on what you said, this Big 12 championship game now has some noise to it. You know, you're going to have two top 10 teams. Oklahoma's 11 right now. I feel like they're on the right track. They're trending upwards. You know, they started slow but they've really found their groove. I think they could definitely get into the top 10 before the big 12 championship game. And that's going to be an awesome game. Iowa state, Oklahoma um, seemingly coming out of nowhere because, you know, Iowa state loses the first game of the year. They get two losses rather quickly. 
but they're able to rebound. You know, you have to give Matt Campbell a lot of credit. He's gotten some NFL buzz, and you see why, because he was able to rally his guys to play up, to win at Texas. And, you know, number nine, a great season overall. But I don't want to be a negative Nancy here, Sam. But, you know, we were trying. Uh, we were texting, you know, is there a way we can get Iowa State in? And especially with this um, Ohio State situation, you know, maybe getting to play another few games, it looks like they will as of now. I just don't see a way we can catapult Iowa State up there. Um, beating Oklahoma is going to be a no small task either. That's going to be really hard for them. They'll probably be underdogs in that game. But even if they're able to win out, I just don't see the path ahead of them. You know, Cincinnati, I think, has a better path. Florida, you know, they're a one-loss team who basically controls their own destiny, right? They're going to play Alabama, it looks like, in the SEC championship game. If they win that game, you put them in. And just there's a lot in front of them. And I just don't see the path for Iowa State as a two-loss team to get into this top four. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I – you're not a negative Nancy because I agree with you. It's going to be very difficult for Iowa state to make a run at this. It, it is interesting though, that the fact that they're even here with two losses, I think them playing Oklahoma is going to be a, an awesome game. And just the slight chance that there's playoff implications makes it even more fun to watch. And we'll, I'll definitely be tuning into that one. Um, but no, I, I don't think they're going to be able to get up to that fourth spot. I, I think uh, I do have some confidence remaining in Ohio state that they're going to find a way to play two more games. And if they don't play the big 10 championship, at least play a game substitute of that against a team like Wisconsin. And I think that'll give them enough buzz to get in because I do believe Ohio state's a good enough team to get in. I think they're going to win out whoever they play. They're going to win. I think so. I mean, that'll give them a chance, but I mean, it's just, it's really a big success of a year for Iowa state losing, like you said, early to uh, Louisiana the raging Cajuns there. And then they uh, lost to Oklahoma state as well, who, you know, we thought was the real deal at that time, which they were, I mean, undefeated. So, and if they find a way to beat Oklahoma again, that's a success. That's a, that's a really good year for that team. I mean, they're going to find themselves in a major bowl game. Um, they're going to find themselves with a pretty good year and big 12 champions. I mean, you can't complain with that. I, I don't think they have a shot at the playoff, but I mean, like you said, they certainly have had a year that, uh, you, you can't, you can't slight. And uh, just touching on this, I know you're going to get into it more here with Cincinnati. Um, they have a little bit of an interesting scenario too. I'm going to be negative with them too. I don't think they can get in. I, I think the committee putting them what they put them seven, right? Seven, seven. Yeah. So putting them seven, I think that's the highest they're going to go with them. Maybe six. If let's say Florida loses to Alabama, like you said, that would, move Florida down with two losses. Maybe Cincinnati jumps up to six, but I just don't think the committee has um, enough confidence in the schedule that Cincinnati played this year to put them up. So, uh, what do you think, Ryan? I'm curious to hear what you So say. first off, what you're saying about there is a path, and I'm going to tell you, I said this last week, and okay. it holds true, but something that did hurt Cincinnati is SMU lost East Carolina this week, and you might be saying, how does that hurt Cincinnati? Well, that was one of Cincinnati's – that's their only ranked win. You know, they played SMU – while they were in the top 25, but Cincinnati, the rest of the year, they're going to play Tulsa back to back. And it should be noted Tulsa's in the top 25. They're 24. They're going to play Tulsa in a few weeks and then play them right after that in the AAC championship game. And so step one for Cincinnati is win those two games. You can't look ahead to all the numbers and the committee you can't rely on them. If you just win those games, you give yourself the best shot, mm -hmm. right? 
And so then there's two more things that can happen that can kind of turn it in their favor. If Notre Dame beats Clemson again, Sam, and I know you're rooting for this, um, is a two-loss Clemson team without a conference championship going to be ahead of an undefeated, you know, um, at-large Cincinnati? I don't – with a conference championship that went undefeated, I don't know. That's that's tough. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's putting a Cincinnati team over a Clemson yeah. team. The committee's got to be nuts. But it's a good point because Clemson, if I mean – if they have two losses and no conference championship, I don't think you can put them in. You can't put them in. I think I think if there was any year to get one of these teams in, it'd be in that scenario. And one more thing does need to happen, I should say. Alabama definitely needs to beat Florida. They need to handle them well because mm-hmm. if Florida were able to flip that game, I would I would make the argument that Bama still gets in based on mm-hmm. what they've done, and then you have to put Florida in. You have to put them in. So both. if those happen, you know, not the craziest situation here, Sam. I know you said – you were going to be a negative Nancy here. And I think you are because I think there really is a shot. And as we say this, you know, they could easily just turn around and lose to Tulsa in one of these two games, knowing how this season's gone. And then we quiet that, but their defense is legit. You know, this is a real, this is a number seven team. This is a legit team. This is the largest or the highest um, a non-power five team has ever been ranked in the college football poll. So you have to give props to Cincinnati. They're going to do everything they can to get in. But it's still an outside shot, but it's a shot, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, you know, you you uh, you bring up some great points, and, and uh, I just I'm looking at Cincinnati's schedule, and I'm looking at the fact that they do play Tulsa twice, and okay, Tulsa's ranked number 24, but it's still Tulsa. I mean, I mean, no yeah. offense to them at, at all, but I mean, it, it's it's a it's not a great schedule, and I just I find I find it I'm. We will see if the committee is able to to have the guts to to put Cincinnati in over. Um, obviously, I want Notre Dame to be Clemson, but I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think Clemson with Trevor Lawrence back, they're going to have revenge on their minds, and I think they're going to come out and uh, end up beating Notre Dame. And, and I think Notre Dame will still stay in the conversation and probably get like maybe a three or a four spot, depending on Ohio State. But I think Clemson will win. And also, you, you don't want to discount Florida. I mean. They have, they have a chance. I know Alabama is the number one team in the country, kind of just like uh, no doubt about it. I mean, they've had an unbelievable year. But um, like you said, if Florida can find a way to win that game, you have to put Alabama in because, I mean, they're, they only have one loss and uh, they're arguably probably the best team in college football. We, we could say that. The committee thinks that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to put Florida in, obviously, with one loss and winning the SEC championship. So if that happens, I mean, that kind of loses a spot. So obviously Cincinnati – they're going to be rooting for Notre Dame. They're going to be rooting for Florida. I mean, they're going to be rooting for Alabama and they're going to, they're going to cross their fingers that, I mean, you bring up some good points. We'll see. Uh, uh, I'm not quite sure, but I'm not quite as confident as you are, but uh, we certainly will see. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's a waiting game for Cincinnati. Um, No, if I were to make a guess right now, I would say they're not going to get in. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the four best, I think the four teams we have right now are the four best. I'm rooting for Cincinnati to get in because it'd be an awesome story, but I don't think they're on par with any of the top four we have right now. Um, as we wrap up the show, I think there's one more thing we should just get into really quickly. BYU. So last week, you know, they're projected. Everyone thought they were going to be in the top 10, maybe even push for one of the first two out five or six, but the committee, it was probably the biggest shock of the, of the selection. They were 14 this week, they move up one spot. Um, they didn't get to play Washington, which would have helped. But at number 13, at 9-0, and with only one more game scheduled as of now, 
What do you think about this BYU team and the ranking? I mean, it comes down to the same thing as Cincinnati, but even more so is the strength of schedule or the lack thereof. I mean, they, uh, they just don't have the schedule and the committee obviously doesn't think they do. They, they've, they've won and they've been very dominant in winning. You know, if the eye test is anything, they've won every game by a lot and, and they've looked really good. Yeah. More. Yeah. They've looked really good. And I do think they deserve to be higher than 13. I mean, uh, I, I really, I mean, lower, excuse me. Um, I, I just, I, I think that sure their schedule is probably worse than Cincinnati's to be, to be quite honest, but I mean, they have dominated. They have looked really good. Um, I don't think they would obviously have any shot at getting into the playoff. Certainly not. But the committee doesn't think so after being ranked at 13. But I do think they should deserve a little bit more credit and be ranked um, a little bit better off for BYU because they deserve it. They've had a great, another great year, another great season, a good story in college football. I think they deserve to be rewarded for that and at least a little bit more recognition by the committee. Certainly not any sort of playoff consideration, but just a little bit more recognition, I think, would be nice. Yeah, I mean, the one thing with BYU that just makes me feel for them is there is literally nothing else they could have done. You know, mm-hmm. they've won 33 points per game is the margin of victory, undefeated. Um, and, you know, they came this year with six – they had six games scheduled against Power 5 opponents. But obviously with COVID and all the scheduling mishaps, those games got canceled – and, you know, it's a great season overall. They should feel great about themselves, but it's not going to be their year. They have multiple two-loss teams ahead of them. Nothing BYU can do to make some real noise. I hope they get a New Year's Six game, though, New Year's Eve game. Um, I think that's going to wrap up the show, Sam. Is there any other things you want to point out in this top 25? Well, I mean, watching that rankings last night, I'm just so excited for the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're oh, obviously – if you're Ohio, if you're an Ohio State fan, you're crossing your fingers for uh, making sure they play that Michigan State game. That's all they can control right now, and then we'll worry about Michigan next week. I, I really hope they uh, they get every chance they can to make the playoff because I think, like you said, those the four teams right now are the four best teams. They deserve it. I hope things work out that way. But if they don't, it'll be exciting, and we'll see if a team like Cincinnati or Iowa State can kind of sneak their way in there. We'll see. Yeah, I don't hope it stays like this at all. I'm rooting for chaos all over the board. Um, and, the, you know, the way this season's gone, I would not be surprised. You know, we're a long way away from this college football selection to be permanent here. So a lot can change. But I think that's going to wrap up the show. Um, you know, special thanks to Mike Messina, our producer, number one in the game. I'm Ryan Gregware. Sam, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much. Tune in next week.